Hey church, welcome to Online Church. And wherever you are and whenever you're watching this, we're glad you've joined us. At the time that we're airing this, it is the long weekend in May. And we're in the middle of our venue change for two months, different time, different place. And that is coming to an end soon. Uh, but this weekend, we are online only. And we hope that you're enjoying your weekend. As for our home, uh, yesterday on Saturday, me and Nancy celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary. Uh, that's something, that's starting to sound like something, and that's substantial. So we are thankful to God. We are um, so thankful for a patient, amazing wife, and we're excited for another 50 years, uh, but God's been good. But we hope you're celebrating, relaxing, enjoying your weekend. We are in a series called The Holy Spirit Is, and honestly, we are excited. We feel there's a shift even in our church um, as we are leaning into the power that is available with the person of the Holy Spirit. And next weekend, we celebrate in the church calendar Pentecost Sunday, which is only means simply it's 50 days after Easter. It's when Jesus uh, poured out and promised His Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit came and filled His followers, changing the course of history, launching the church, and making it possible to follow Jesus. So we are excited. But today we continue our series. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. You're going to see it in a moment in the screen, but there is something about your Bible. Can you uh, grab your Bible if you haven't? We're going to just turn to three passages today, but 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Um, I've read this verse many times. When I read it over the last even 20 years, every time I read it, I'm like, man, that describes the season we're in as culture. And it seems like every time I read it, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> now that describes our culture. And as I read it for this sermon, I am convinced more than ever that it is describing the day we are living in. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy. This is Paul speaking to a younger leader, a younger pastor. He's preparing him. He's training him. He is teaching him. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. In my Bible, I have that last sentence underlined. And they will reject the power, the power that could make them godly. Make them godly. Last verse, stay away from people like that. Today, as we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, these are challenging, challenging days. There is, uh, people are lover of themselves. There is nothing that is sacred or holy. There seems to be a, a chasing of comfort and greed and pleasure over any truth or godliness. But there is a power available. The Bible says that people love themselves and stay away from the power that is available, which tells us, tells you and I today, that there is a power available and that we believe that power is the Holy Spirit. And we're tapping into that. We're teaching on that. 
And our prayer is that you would desire him today, that there would be a hunger inside of you for more of God. You need to know this church, there is more available, more than just church services, more than just devotions, more than just podcasts. We believe you can have a relationship with the spirit of God. He can fill your life. Here's the truth from this passage and the truth from the gospel you need to know today and is that God loves you just as you are. Sometimes we can hear that and it just rolls off our back. We hear it so much. But you need to understand that. Whoever you are watching this today, God loves you just as you are. However he finds you, whatever state you're in, he loves you. He is passionate about you. He is obsessed with you. He made you. He loves you. God loves you just as you are. There's so much hope in that. Some people feel like they don't deserve God's love or they feel like they're too far gone or they're too messed up. Wherever state you're in, you need to know God loves you. And there's a real comfort in that. Also, the truth is, is that God loves you too much to leave you like he found you. The truth is God found us um, sinful, far from him, far from the way he designed us to be, to live holy, pure, and righteous. He loves us as he found us, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. So this book, this scripture is about God loving us the way he found us, but it's also the story of him trying to restore us to the way we were designed to live. You need to know this, that change is needed and change is possible. That word change, um, the older I get, I just celebrated a birthday last week, I turned 48. The older I get, I remember this quote from a preacher years ago. He said, Mike, people change, but not much. He said, people like to talk about change, they like to write about change, but they don't like to change. And in my own life, I realized that change is really, really difficult. Changing eating habits, come on, can somebody relate to this, is difficult. Changing fitness routines to get started or keep going is difficult. To change your sleep patterns to get healthy rhythms, to change your attitude, to change your behavior, to change your mindset to break off bad habits. It's so hard to change. But you need to know today, church, that change is not only needed, it's possible. It is possible. You don't have to live weak. You do not have to live live weak. And when we read scripture about this time in, in history when the Holy Spirit was promised and then was delivered, there was a drastic change in the people that loved Jesus. Look at the disciples, and we've talked about it often uh, in our church. But if you read scripture through the lens of change that is possible, the disciples pre-Pentecost, pre-Holy Spirit, and the disciples after Pentecost, post-Pentecost, were radically different. The amount of meetings I'm in, conversations I'm a part of, where people seem stuck, people seem unchanging. They just had the same issue week after week, month after month, year after year. Sometimes you, you feel helpless, like we cannot change people. Here's the truth, we cannot change people. Truth is you probably can't even change yourself. But there is power available. And these disciples, listen, they had the best small group in the world. Their small group They were on to change the world. They were the disciples. They had the best internship. They had the best pastor in Jesus. But you need to know this. Teaching wasn't enough. Small groups weren't enough. And Jesus wasn't enough. Doesn't that just sound wrong even saying that? Jesus wasn't enough. And he knew that. He said, I have to leave because if I leave, I can send the Holy Spirit, which is an upgrade. What Jesus was saying is this. God in you is greater than God with you. 
And Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was with us. But you know what's better than God being with us? Is God being in us. Power filling us. And he said, I need to go so you can have the same engine, the same power, the same spirit that, you, that I used to overcome sin and to change the world. And these disciples who loved Jesus, who followed Jesus, who listened to Jesus, who were faithful the best they could to Jesus, were filled with fear, doubt, anger, no self-control. And then one experience with the presence of God moving from with them to in them radically changed their lives. We believe that same power is available, that change is needed and change is possible. So many people in this season are stuck in fear. Christians, some of you listening to me, you love Jesus. You are taught by Jesus. You are faithful to the church, but you live in fear. We live in fear. This is the anxiety generation. There's so much anxiety, fear over the future, fear over the past, fear over things that will never happen. We live fearful of being rejected, fearful of what people think, fearful of disease, fearful of pandemics, fearful of governments, fearful of what we don't know. And people are stuck in fear. People are stuck in offense. So many people in this season cannot let go of something that was happened to them or around them. There's so much offense. People that love Jesus, some of you that love Jesus, you're just stuck. You can't get past that face that hurt you, those words that were said, that situation that happened, and we're so bogged down with offense, and there's so much lack of self-control. People that love Jesus, people that follow his teachings, but you can't get over addictions, you can't stop those habits that you don't want to do, you can't stop watching those things, saying those things, doing those things. There's no self-control. The things that you don't want to do, you do. The things that you do want to do, you don't. There's so much change that is needed, and you need to be reminded today that through the relationship with the Holy Spirit, change is possible. God promised us power in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's two things that God promised us that will happen when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of those is found in 1 Corinthians. I want to read it today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read, start reading verse 4 and go to verse 11. The first thing God promised us, in my Bible, it's called gifts, spiritual gifts. That when the person of the Holy Spirit comes into your life, two things happen. The first thing that happens is that we are given gifts. I like gifts. Let me read about these gifts in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service. But we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does his work in all of us. God wants to use you to make a difference. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. You see that? These gifts are given to help people. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability of wise advice. To another person, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge, things that you don't know. Impossible things for you to know on your own, but you have wisdom and you have knowledge of things that you did not have prior knowledge to. You have words of, 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 of knowledge into people's lives. You can, you can see things that, that, that were unseen and you can tell them things that can help them. It says the same Spirit gives great faith, the kind of faith that changes cities, moves mountains, heals bodies. To another and to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. Miracles can happen. 
He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides uh, each, uh, the gift, which gift each person should have. The Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, gives you gifts. Now, I love gifts. I love gifts. And if you're honest, you love gifts. It's interesting when someone gives you a gifts, gift. You ever been around a good gift giver? I don't know if I'm a great gift giver, but I've been around some people that are great gift givers. And when that person drops off a gift, when that person says, hey, I got something for you, you get excited. Good gift givers, they understand the presentation of a gift. Come on, I'm the person, I do not like wrapping gifts. I am the reason why gift bags exist. <laughs> but I don't even do that well. Like, I don't even do the tissue paper well. I just, like, just throw it, just throw it in the bag. But good gift givers, the presentation's everything. Um, the thing about gifts is that they're immediate. You get given a gift. Last week, it was my birthday, and, and my wife and daughter gave me a gift on my birthday, and immediately, I came downstairs, I woke up in the morning, and there are gifts given to me. They're wrapped, they're presented, they're immediate. Secondly, gifts are always an upgrade. It's always an upgrade. Whenever you get a gift, it's never going backwards, whether it be in the case that I'm excited about in this season is new golf balls. I had someone give me a couple of new golf clubs last week. It's always an upgrade. It's never like, well, that's, that's worse than what I already have. Those are better golf balls. Those are better sneakers. That's a gift card that's going to help my life. They're always an upgrade. It also comes from personal resources. When someone gives you a gift, they're tapping into their resources, and they're giving you a gift. If they don't give it from their personal resources, you know what that's called? That's called stealing. <laughs> and they've given you something stolen. That's not a gift. That's, um, that's, you're now accomplished in a crime. A gift comes from someone's personal resources. Someone goes into their bank account, into their stuff, into what they have, and they choose to give it to you. And special gifts come from special gift givers that understand it's given immediately, it's always an upgrade, it's presented so well, and it comes from a personal resource. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are given gifts that are immediate. We're giving gifts. They're effective, they're given, and they're from God's abundance. The Holy Spirit, when He fills you, when He comes into your life, you're given gifts that help other people. Real pivotal time in my life. Um, when I started my full-time pastoring um, in my late 20s, early 30s, my first job was I started um, and we built a missions, a short-term missions agency uh, ministry in a church. This ministry was a passion. It was a dream of mine. Um, to start, and we saw in this ministry, we saw people send people from local communities all over the world to build the church and help people. We saw people um, go into Mombasa, uh, Kenya, and into Dnipropetrovsk, Ukraine, and build orphanages. We sent people into Western China to help the underground church through teaching English, but building up local Christians. We sent people into Belize um, to build churches and to do street um, preaching uh, in cities like Las Vegas and New York and, and, and all over the world. We've, we've seen God do amazing things, and I, we started this ministry and led this ministry sending hundreds of people around the world. And in the middle of that, I felt God starting to build desires in me that he wanted to lead me 
to something else, to something more with the giftings on my life and the calling on my life. And I didn't know what that looked like. I remember this one time in the middle of this successful ministry and sending hundreds of people around the world, literally helping orphans, preaching the gospel, building churches, making cities better. I had this desire that something was shifting, but I didn't have any direction on it. I went to this conference, I'll never forget it, and in the evening session, the guest speaker, a guy named Wayne Northrup, who pastors in New Orleans, Louisiana, before he even preached, he got up and he just stopped, and he didn't know me, and he stopped and looked over and said, what's your name? I I looked around, he's talking to me, I said, Mike, he said, can you stand up for a second? Just stop the whole service. He said, I got to preach, but before I do this, I feel like God is saying something. He had a word of knowledge. He had a gift of knowledge over my life. And he started to prophesy, speak things of encouragement into my life. And one thing he said that was so amazing, that was so specific, he said, I see God telling you and changing your job from what you have to something else in two weeks. That's pretty specific. I remember sitting there feeling uh, joyful for where I was, but feeling this, this frustration and this uneasiness that God wanted to lead me somewhere else. He said, in two weeks, you're changing jobs. But I feel like God is saying this. You're not going to leave the job you're a part of. You're simply going to move into a new role. You're going to keep the job you have, but move into the role in two weeks. I remember thinking, well, I, I don't understand what he's talking about. Church, two weeks later to the day, uh, my boss walked in and said, I need you to stay being the missions director of this missions agency. Well, what's going on is amazing. It's changing the world. But would you take over the youth ministry of this church? The youth pastor um, is, is resigning, and he says, you're the guy to take over. And he said, would you become our youth pastor? And that was a pivotal moment in my life. Can I tell you, it was two weeks to the day that Wayne got up and shared in front of that church. Two weeks to the day. It's amazing that the gift of the Holy Spirit on Wayne's life prepared me for what was about to happen to be a shift in my life. From that shift, I can trace back even this church to the lessons I've learned, to um, the grit we've built. I can trace it back. And God used a man and used that gifting to lead me, to help me to build his church. I want to encourage you that God has gifts for your life. He has powerful gifts for you to help people in your church to help people in your business, to help people in your life. God wants to give you supernatural giftings. There are things that he wants to tell you that you don't know naturally. Those business deals to go into, how to speak to your teenagers, how to speak to your neighbor. There are miracle gifts. I believe people can be healed if we would step out in faith. And God says, pray for that person. I believe there are moments in history that are waiting to have moments of champions stepping forward, filled with the Holy Spirit, using gifts of the Spirit. Here's what I realized. The Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're not better than anyone else. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than, than, than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. And there is something about the power of the Holy Spirit that I can do things that I could not do on my own. I don't have time today to tell you the stories where I've saw, seen those same things in my own life. Speak things over people. Not make decisions. Back away from opportunities. Lean into opportunities to help people Um, understand the power of God and follow God's calling. There are giftings for your life, ma'am. Sir, teenager, there are giftings available, power available. There are gifts that God wants to give you and it's immediate. I believe even today, His Spirit can give you gifts that you didn't have yesterday. I believe they're an upgrade in your life. I thank God for education. I thank God for connections. 
I thank God for all the things we have, but it is an upgrade and it comes from God's resources. Listen, heaven wants to download to your life power and giftings so you can follow his plan and lead others in the goodness of God. The other thing he gives us, I love this, is in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, 5, 22. Watch this. It says, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and then he says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, I have these all underlined in my, my word. The, gifts, the, the fruit that he gives us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, those of you who are single, if you're looking for a list to write down for the person that you want to marry, come on, if you're writing down someone that you want to go into business with, if you're looking at a list that you wish would grow in your life, that you think, I wish I was stronger in, that's the list right there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What does our world need? What do our churches need? Come on, what do we need to see more of in our community? We need more love, more joy, more peace. My God, we need more peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Isn't that the opposite of what we first read in 2 Timothy? The world's being selfish. There's no self-control. Given over to their greed and their lust. Nothing is holy. Everything is up for grabs. And yet the Spirit says there is fruit that wants to grow in your life that is joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you've been around me for any amount of time, you know there was a time in my life where I worked in um, the produce industry. And I, I, I have a passion for produce that I don't get to use in this job a lot. But when I, whenever I read about the fruit of the Spirit, my mind goes back to the season of my life where I worked in the produce industry. So I grabbed some produce today that I brought in. I don't know if you can see some of these, but this here. Come on, that's, isn't that beautiful? I feel like I'm now doing a TV segment for a cooking show. I, I've never wanted a cooking show, but today you've tuned in for Cooking with Mike. But this here is a dragon fruit. Some of you only know this through the drink at Starbucks that you get with your lemonade and light ice. But this is a dragon fruit. Another name for this, uh, maybe you know this where you grew up, if this was native to where you grew up, is a pitahaya. Now, this is a fascinating bit of produce. Hopefully you can see that on screen, but I hate to cut this. It's so beautiful. But this is a beautiful fruit. Look at the colors of that. And on the inside, isn't that beautiful? I don't know if you can see that. Isn't that beautiful? It has the texture of a kiwi. Um, texture of a kiwi. But it's very, very mild. In fact, there's a little bit of a pear taste to it. Um, this is a beautiful, it looks beautiful. People put it in uh, fruit drinks and it's gorgeous. But if you can see that there, it's got the seeds of a kiwi in it. Really mild. Isn't that beautiful? Really beautiful. And pitahaya or dragon fruit, um, one of my favorites. Here's another one of my favorites. Look at this gnarly thing. It looks like a dinosaur on the back. This is a jackfruit. Uh, the, the pitahaya or the dragon fruit um, comes from Vietnam, uh, parts of Southeast Asia, I think even in South America. Jackfruit, again, Africa, South America, um, in parts of Asia. Part of, the pear, part of the cactus family. This jackfruit, you can actually boil this, bake this, um, but you can also eat it raw. And here you see some of, the, some of the tough husk in the middle. But if you get right in here, there's these little pods that pop out. You can see that? Little pods that pop out. Isn't that cool? This here, jackfruit, if you taste it, it's a little rubbery. In fact, they melt it down in some countries. They boil it. 
pull off the skin and they actually make rubber out of it. But you can eat it. It's actually very good. If you want to know what it tastes like, it tastes like uh, juicy fruit gum. Listen, if you can go down to your local produce store and find one of these, Nova Church, it's helpful and educational in all things. Tastes like juicy fruit gum. Delicious. Amazing. One of my personal favorites is a mango. Now, these ones are from Mexico. We get a lot of our mangoes in this part of the world from Mexico. This is a, a Hayden mango, and there's a Tofo mangoes and Hayden mangoes, and this is a beautiful mango. I don't know if you've ever eaten a mango before. There's a big pit in the middle, a fibrous seed in the middle, but you can cut down one side of this. I'm going to show you how to eat a mango. Some of you are wondering how to eat a mango. Oh, so much good fruit there. I like to do it this way. I cut it off. My family's seen me do this their whole lives. I cut this off, and you can see this. And I just nice, nice do a little, nice little cube. Be careful not to cut your hand all the way through. I'm a trained professional, so don't worry about me. Wouldn't that be awkward if I started bleeding on screen? We'd have to edit this. And you cut it that way, then you cut it this way. Some of you grew up with this, and you know, you know this technique. This is as common for you as maybe apples are for us in Nova Scotia. Watch this. You ready for this? And then you just flip it open. Ooh, ah. And then you just cut these pieces off. And uh, these have a beautiful taste to them, like a pineapple taste, a citrus paste, uh, taste. These are so great, cut up and thrown into fruit water with some mint, some ice, beautiful. And last one, I got a couple of these. These are called lychees or lychee nuts. Now, sometimes you see these in recipes, but maybe you've never seen them in their natural state. And it's a hard shell. But if you take this shell and you peel it, love talking about produce. What a great chance to talk about produce. You peel that shell off, see that? It's a real hard shell, like a nice encasing. You peel that off, and inside is a really juicy, fresh bit of produce, bit of fruit. It has a texture of a grape. Now, you got to be careful not to bite all the way into that, because like a grape, it's soft and juicy, but on the inside, it's got a pit like an olive. So good. See that pit in the middle? Beautiful. Produce. Here's where I've realized the difference between produce and gifts. Gifts are given. Produce is grown. And I think it's interesting that when God says that his spirit shows up in our lives, that some things are immediate and some things take time. Gifts are given. Produce is grown. Here's some things you need to know about the fruit of the spirit as promised by the Holy Spirit. Fruit is not immediate. Gifts are given, fruit is grown. So many times in our life, we want the immediate things. I've had moments where I've had gifts of knowledge, where I knew something I shouldn't have known. It can help somebody. I've seen the gift of healing work on people. I've seen the gift of miracles happen. I could tell you stories where things were radically changed in a moment. But the Spirit says that though gifts are given, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the fruit is grown in your life. Fruit is not immediate. You have to grow these. These just don't show up. You just can't Amazon these in a day. These take time to grow. Second thing about fruit is that it actually feeds people. Fruit is not just to be shown. It's not just to be put on display. You're actually supposed to eat it. See, that your giftings lead people. The fruit of your spirit feed people. 
The gifts of the Spirit lead people, but the fruit of the Spirit actually feeds people. People are starving, and what will feed them is not the giftings in our lives. That will lead them. But what will actually feed people is the fruit of our lives. And the other thing is, fruit has future. Fruit has future. You know what makes the difference between a fruit and a vegetable, really? The main difference between a fruit and a vegetable, if you can tell something is a fruit or not, is if it has seeds. See, vegetables can be the leaves on trees. It can be the roots of plants. You have potatoes, and you have romaine lettuce, and you have leaves and roots. That's, that's vegetables. Fruit always has seeds in it. Technically, cucumber is a fruit. Though culinary-wise, it's a vegetable. It's technically a fruit. Tomatoes are a fruit. Fruit has potential built into it. Inside every fruit, there is a chance for more legacy of growth. How do you get more pitahaya? How do you get more dragon fruit? From the seeds that are born into it. From the fruit of the Spirit comes the potential for future growth, not only in you, but in others. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's not given, it's grown. It's also, uh, it feeds people, but in it is a future. There's built-in potential for legacy life to reproduce. Listen, the ministry of Jesus would have been nothing without the character of Jesus. We focus so much on Jesus that he healed that boy. He raised that girl from the dead. He turned the water into wine. He, 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 he stopped this. He started this. And we so focus so much on the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus would have been nothing without the character of Jesus. The disciples lived their life full of the power of the Holy Spirit. But what made them faithful? Why did they serve Jesus even to death, even to torture with their whole life? It wasn't because of the miracles they saw. It was the love they encountered. See, your giftings can only live on the stage that your character built. Your giftings are only as strong as the stage that the character built. These disciples saw Jesus in his most private moments. I know they would not have kept in the way of Jesus. They would not have been faithful if they knew Jesus to be different privately than he was publicly. They saw him in his most private moments around campfires, walking great distances, and in those moments, he was not complaining against the government. He wasn't back-talking or gossiping about the people he just left. He wasn't frustrated. He wasn't angry. He wasn't lustful. He wasn't full of, of greed. They knew that Jesus in private only elevated the Jesus in public. That's the power of the fruit of the Spirit. Gifts are only as strong as the platform your character builds. Uh, I realize as a public minister, I rely on the gifts of the Spirit quite often. Teaching and preaching and, and, and leading congregations. Me and Nancy um, lead this church with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You need to lead your businesses with the gift of the Holy Spirit, your families. But you know, I don't need to convince you I'm anointed by God. I don't need to convince you I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. If I can convince my family that I'm a man of God, I'll have no problem with you. Because my kids, my wife, my closest friends see me in private. And if, I, if they're convinced I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, if they see the fruit of the Spirit, they have no problem following the gifts of the Spirit. If I feed them with the fruit of the Spirit in private, they will follow the gifts of the Spirit and the leading in public. You need to know today that, 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 that power is available. In my life, I have giftings that were given to me immediately by the Spirit. I could tell you stories today. Uh, that are just moments of just amazement of the power of God. But you know what has taken so long to grow is some of this fruit in my life. Courage is something that's been growing in my life. I've seen it even in the last six years. 
Um, where other things were stronger, self-control, patience, kindness, are a fruit that was growing fairly quickly in my life, courage has taken longer. But as I've leaned in to embracing the power of the Holy Spirit, you know what I've seen growing, and my wife would tell you in the last six years, courage is growing. I've seen um, peace grow in my life. And I don't know where you are today in your journey, but you need to know that there's not only giftings available to you, but there's also fruit of the Spirit wanting to be grown in your life. Power is available. Power is available. And so many people have a form of godliness. It's a form of godliness. It involves church. They read their Bible. They try to do good, but they are stuck. Listen, following Jesus without the Holy Spirit isn't Christianity. It's impossible. Following Jesus without the Holy Spirit isn't Christianity. It's impossible. It is impossible to do what he said, to live like he lived, to follow his commands without the same spirit he had. And so many are stuck right now. I want to let you know today, on this long weekend in May, as we are embracing the power of the Holy Spirit, look at me, you can live sexually pure. You can. Don't need to follow your cravings. Don't need to follow your desires. You can live as the Bible says. I'm talking to you seniors. I'm talking to you middle-aged. I'm talking to you young adults. I'm talking to you teenagers. I'm talking to myself, and I'm talking to you. We can live pure. Nothing feels better than pureness. Nothing feels better than holiness. And sometimes the guilt that's on your life, the heaviness on your life, you can't look people in the eye, there's no confidence in your life, comes from you know in private that there's a weakness in your life. You can live pure, sexually pure. You can live free from being offended. Some of you are carrying the faces of people in your life that have hurt you or betrayed you or said things, and you feel so heavy from offense. You can live free from offense. It's possible. It's It's not only possible, it's actually expected. God believes you can live free. There's power, there's giftings, and there's also fruit in your life that God wants to grow. You can, church, listen to me, you can move past grief. Grief is a part of this journey. We all grieve. But some of us are stuck in grief. Maybe it's over a season of life. Maybe it's over a relationship. Maybe it's over a lost uh, loved one. And grief is a part of this journey. But some of us, you're stuck in grief. You can't enjoy your family. You can't enjoy your future. You can't enjoy the call of God because you are stuck in a moment of grief of what was a season of your life. You can move past grief. Yes, you can. It's possible. You can be used by God to see miracles. I want to see miracles in my lifetime. I want to see more healings. I want to see more people radically saved, taken from far from God, brought close to God. I want to see buildings being bought to be used by the kingdom. I want to see people experience um, words of knowledge. I want to see prophecy in, in homes and in businesses and churches. I want to see the power of God. Miracles are possible. And hear this, you can make a difference. I'm still young enough to believe my life can leave a lasting impact on everyone I come in contact with. And so are you. We can make a difference. There's power that's available. And as we read in 1 Timothy chapter 3, there is power to make us Godly, And I want you to embrace in this season, as a church, we're embracing, we're, we're focusing on an introduction or a reintroduction to the power of the Holy Spirit. And next Sunday, we continue this series, and we're going to lay hands on people, and we're going to pray. And I want you to come expect it next week. As we worship, as we wrap up this series in our last Sunday, away from the Bella Rose, as we're still at 3 in the afternoon on Sackville Drive at Rock Church, as we come in, we're going to worship. But I want to encourage you, church, if you're watching this, to build an expectancy 
for more of the Holy Spirit to fill your life. And I'm believing in that moment, there will be gifts that will be given to you. Gifts that will upgrade your life, that will be immediate, that will come from His um, abundance, that are going to bless your life. I also believe that there's going to be fruit of the Spirit that's going to be grown in your life. Fruit's going to be grown in your life. There's some of you that are stuck. I believe there's going to be holiness growing in your life. Self-control. Addictions are not your destiny. They're not your future. I believe you don't need to be um, bound up by pornography. I don't think you need to be bound up by grief. I don't think you need to be bound up by anxiety or depression. I believe that self-control, peace, joy, kindness, all the good things of God can start to grow in your life. Listen, you may not be where you need to be, but you're not where you were. God's grace and God's spirit wants to grow us. And today I want to pray for you as we close this online service. We're going to pray simply with you that the Holy Spirit would come into your life. It's a good gift and God wants to give them to you. He comes with so many gifts and he comes with the power to grow great things in your life. The things that were growing in your life like deception and anger and frustration need to, need to fade away. And I believe there is a good harvest that God wants to grow in your life. You can lead people through the gifts he wants to give you. And you can feed people through the fruit He wants to grow in your life. Will you pray with me today? Let's just pray. Let's take a moment. Just close your eyes. Whether you're watching this by yourself, whether you're watching this with friends, just take a moment. Just close your eyes. God is so good. God, I thank you for those watching this right now. God, we need change. We are in a season of so much selfishness, so much greed, so much grief, so much anxiety and fear. And God, we just don't want a form of godliness. We just don't want religion. We actually want the power to change the world and change ourselves. God, I thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love those that are watching this and listening to this. But God, I also am so thankful that you love us enough to not leave us like we are. God, would you change us? Holy Spirit, would you become God in us, would you fill us with your power to not only gift us with gifts that will lead people, but will you grow the fruit that will feed people? Come Holy Spirit right now. Would you introduce yourself for the first time to people? Would you reintroduce yourself to those that maybe have been following for years and years? Come Holy Spirit. We need you. We need you. We need you. Would you change us? Would you help us? Would you empower us to follow the Jesus we love? Come Holy Spirit.